Bobby, you know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you gotta play the game of hockey. Welcome back to Behind the Mask. Grinder Dosevich joined alongside Jacob Stinson and Jacob Phillips. Gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. MSU's hockey season is effectively over unless some wizardry magic happens, but it's yeah, it's pretty much over after the loss to Minnesota and the semis. But before we get into all of that and some extracurricular conversations, gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Um, I... What did I do this past week? I mean, after I got back from spring break, uh, I ended up joining an I am hockey team, um, kind of on a whim, randomly. Uh, we played a game last week. Did not go very well, but um, I don't know. Getting back out there, it was at Mun, which was which was interesting. Kind of interested. What was the score of that game? Uh, don't want to talk about it. I'm, you're, I'm more... you're a goalie, right? Yes. How many goals do you let in? I'm not even talking about it. Uh, no, how many shots? You... <laughs> have we, okay. Have we officially yeah. broken the Stinson's never been scored on? No, like, you didn't see it, so it didn't happen. Stinson's been scored on as of the last week. Some unknown it, number. You didn't see it, didn't happen. Some unknown number. I know one guy on the team. I'm gonna ask. <laughs> oh, what, Yusuf? You're screwed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll figure it out. But uh, Phillips, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, some of my some of my work this week has been incredibly stressful. Not fun having a presentation the first day back from spring break, but now it's over and I don't have to worry about that the rest of the semester. So Boom. there's also that. So welcome back to Behind the Mask. Of course, uh, we got some hockey to talk about. Obviously, no hockey upcoming for MSU, but we still want to recap some. A couple weeks ago, MSU did travel down to South Bend to take on Notre Dame in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament. We're not going to talk about it too much because, hey, it happened a while ago, but game one, a 1-0 loss, Bischel posting a, I think, 22-save shutout. Not something impressive, but Game 2 and Game 3 in that series turned the tide for MSU in their favor. Two, or I should say, consecutive 4-2 victories to claim Michigan State's first Big Ten tournament win in program history and their first Big Ten tournament series win in program history, their first playoff series win since the 2011-2012 season when they beat Alaska. So it was a first for a lot of things, and MSU moved on from that, and it was it was great. It was a it was a great weekend for MSU, for sure. I want to do one thing real quick, and I want to correct you on the uh, Bischel shutout. Yeah. It was not 20-something saves. It was 36. 36. In, oh, in the shutout. Dylan St. Cyr had like 20-something He stopped saves like 21, right? Yeah. St. Cyr stopped 20 of 21. There we go. Which that's, is also that's very good. Uh, Bischel stopped 36 of 36. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of what makes this uh, these these two postseason wins even better is that for Michigan State at least you're talking about one of the closest uh, closest all time series that isn't a direct rivalry, and for Michigan State to pull off two back to back away wins in the postseason for the first time in in Big Ten hockey conference history, and then even in those wins too. Interrupting real quick, sorry, uh, putting up four goals each on. Or twice in a row on the Big Ten goalie of the year. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're also talking about one of the best goalies in college hockey, if not the best. Like, he's, is he still, is it first or second in terms of amount of saves? I think I think he's still I think he had most first. saves, but like second save percentage. Let me double check that. 
I mean, most saves, he just played every single game because it's, it's Ryan Bischel. So, of course, you're going to get high up there in yeah. saves. But the ones you got to look for, save percentage and then goals allowed average. It was I was right on that. Most saves, but second best save percentage. Yeah. Who had the best save percentage? Devin Levi from, from Northeastern. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Which is why I thought they would do well. I thought Northeastern would do well in their conference championship. That didn't come true. Uh, but Michigan State, Notre Dame, I mean... Really impressive, and to add even more context to these postseason victories, I mean, when you talk about where this team was last year, and just for the past few years, there's a reason why Michigan State winning in the postseason is big. It has not happened as long as the Big Ten has been around in college hockey. And Adam Nightingale comes in in his first year, and, you know, not the most fantastic Cinderella story ending that fans were hoping for. But compared to expectations at the beginning of the season, it's far surpassing anything that anyone could have thought of back in, what was it? I don't even know, August? Yeah, yeah. September. I I remember before the season, I know we talked about it before, but like my general prediction on for this team was like, they're going to go about 500, maybe a little under 500. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, I don't think any, I think this is about as good as you could have possibly asked for. Even when I said that 500 prediction thing, I didn't even think about just like how stacked that Big Ten was top to bottom. Like, uh, that was, that was also thinking that Penn State wasn't going to be very good or, well, I knew Wisconsin wasn't going to be very good. Uh, I thought, no, I, I mean, yeah. Like, I thought Notre Dame was going to be a lot better than they were this year. I thought Notre Dame was, was going to be me. like all ripe and nothing world beating, which they kind of were. But do you have your predictions for how the season turned out again? Because I mean, when you look at the actual Big Ten standings, Penn State is actually below Michigan State. Yeah, um, yeah. for regular season, MSU was the five yeah. seed. Yeah, so I sh- I think that's almost I think that's correct then for me so far. I think before the season started, I had Minnesota one, Michigan two. Actually, no, I think I had Notre Dame three. Yeah. And then uh, I think then it was Ohio State four, MSU five, Penn State six, Wisconsin seven. I think that sounds about right. Um, I might have actually flipped Penn State or Wisconsin because they were both really bad last year. And I remember I was not, I, I had a lot of issues with their goaltending, uh, especially, and their defense, which I didn't see them really fix all that much for most of it, but neither here nor there. I mean, even when you say Michigan State's a five seed, talking about a five seed in the Big Ten is far different than, you know, just for a random example, air quotes there, a one seed in the Atlantic. I knew you were going there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, still, I mean, the five seed in the Big Ten, as far as pairwise is concerned, is about, like, the two seed in, like, the CCHA or, like, the two seed in the ECAC some other conferences in the country which i mean like i said the big 10 was just loaded all season so it's kind of it'll be interesting to see how this shapes out in future years too um when you know nightingale gets his guys in there because keep in mind he's yeah where this is a team of you know portal scraps and uh you know holdouts from the dan cole era um so i'm really curious to see how this all shakes out in the future when you know Nightingale gets his guys in there, and you get guys like uh, Chris Christian Humphreys. Um, I almost said Chris Humphreys for a second, thinking about the Kardashian. Uh, 
but like Trey Augustine coming in next year, for example, guys like that. When those guys get here in a couple of years, who it'll be it'll be fun. I wish I had like another. I could just re-roll my college eligibility into those years, just because covering MSU hockey for those years would be would be pretty pretty crazy. But hey, at least for uh, Stincy and I, we got to cover this year with. Imagine if we graduated last year and that was like that was it. Well, after yeah. The what what, game what I think it's street. funny though oh. uh, was well, I mean that's kind of how Cam worked. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cam's still here, but uh, and he worked for the hockey team, whatever. But I mean, his last season on the pod was just that. Um, Not a positive season. We, I mean, the funny thing the is, you and I have done three seasons on this beat now. The first season, there was no fans in the stands at all because they weren't allowed. Yep, COVID. COVID year. year. Uh, second season. Yeah, first season. Also, Arizona State was in the Big Ten. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> just to, just encompass so, how crazy so that was. Pandemic year one, no fans in the stands because they weren't allowed. Year two, no fans in the stands, but that was just because the team was really bad, and there was no reason to watch them. Which fair. Um, Thirteen game losing streak. Just all in all, just a complete disaster, dumpster fire, whatever you want. And then our last year is the one year they actually are like pretty good now with the new coach and there's there's signs of promise in the program okay, which i just we'll, find ironic we'll take it as, I mean, yeah. as much as we've harped on uh, it oh, we'll take a positive season oh, can you just no, redshirt sure. the covid year does msu give me an yeah. extra year of eligibility yeah msu as the college in a whole give me another year back because of the, because i was covering msu hockey during covid <laughs> i like it but uh yeah so that was and Notre Dame series that was great no amazing for Michigan State to come get to get over that hump but unfortunately they drew obviously the number one seed Minnesota in the semis and if you guys are keeping track uh, Michigan State was the only Big Ten team not to beat Minnesota in the regular season every other team got at least one win Michigan State was the only team not to so <laughs> tough pull for Michigan State but I mean you kind of saw it coming and in the first 10 minutes of the game I I, I didn't get to see it unfortunately, but I was I was just getting off of work. But Jeremy Davidson power play goal, and from what I was hearing from Twitter Buzz and you guys, it was like whoa. Yeah, no, they were whoa. doing well. They were like legitimately playing very well, and they came to play because um, you know there's a lot of the interviews and stuff. Nightingale was saying like you know his guys are going to be paired and like is they were going to play the best hockey of their season at that point, and they came out the way doing that. Um, which because that was an issue in the past against Minnesota was you know coming out a little flat footed. Um, and letting Minnesota get, get a gang up on them early. Like, what, the one 8 nothing loss, for example, was like, they was they literally got walked on the opening face-off and scored. Yeah, it was uh, 8 or 12 seconds in, I, yeah. whatever the uh, actual amount of seconds was. It was, something it was very, very quick. It was insane. Uh, it was not a good time. Didn't enjoy it. Um, but still, like that. And they started out really well, and then I think just at a point, at, at a point, there's only so much you can do against a team that talented. The talent gap was just too big, I think, in that point. Like, y- there's not really many people in the country as a whole that can contain, like, that can contain guys like Cooley or Snuggerud or Nyes or whatever guys you want to use. Those players are in the NHL. Those are the players that could stop them. They were. They will be in the NHL very soon. Brock Faber is, I think, was it? Brock Faber's a wild draft day, I think. And I, well, the wild management is literally just waiting on Minnesota to lose so that way they can just sign him and bring him to the bring him to the roster. But no, there's a lot of guys on that team that can literally just go to the NHL the moment they're done. Uh 
And Michigan State just doesn't have that. Their guys are a lot, it's a younger team, more upstart, and a lot of guys still developing, still growing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at a point, just the talent's just too big to uh, to overcome. That's legitimately it. One thing I feel like that's decided Big Ten play throughout the entire season is in a, a team's ability to not blink first. Play a full game at your best at peak performance, and that's been one area where Michigan State has struggled going up against teams like Michigan and specifically Minnesota because for this uh, final postseason game, I was actually I was out of the house for the first two periods. I luckily caught the third period on Big Ten Network. I don't know if I would say luckily there. <laughs> yeah, it was from from how it sounds, they came out came out of a cannon really in the first period. Goal by Jeremy Davidson on the power play, just under five minutes in. And I there there was the belief that Michigan Michigan State certainly had the possibility to win this game against Minnesota. I mean, they'd, they'd lost all four before in the regular season. So statistically speaking, they had a chance. But from what I saw in the third period, Michigan State looked tired, and it's just, in general, really tough to play against Minnesota because they just, they're faster, they're more accurate shooting, and not to mention, they were on their home ice. On the Olympic sheet. Yeah. Which I think is freaking cheating. And thank goodness they're, they're they are changing, changing that yeah. next year. Yeah. I I don't understand how that that flew in NCAA hockey for that long. I mean, it counts. In, it's like the rule book says, like, you know, it's like basically it's like a prefer it that it's this size, but it's like. It's like the outfield in baseball. There's not, no set. Yeah. But like it's completely different when every park in baseball is built to different dimensions and every hockey arena is built to pretty much the same direction dimensions except for minnesota i see i see that point yeah. but i'm glad they're changing it all I, when all said is done they needed to a long time ago and they finally are i don't know how much it'll actually affect a team's ability to go into Mario, mariucci and win because adding more seats makes that place even louder and watching on tv minnesota loves their hockey i'll say that much so you're trading off olympic sheet for even more fans and even more noise. So I think Minnesota is happy either way. Minnesota is, but we'll see. Maybe this is the end of the Minnesota run once they get the regular ice size. Maybe they'll just be garbage. No, it's not going to happen. Minnesota is still going to be good for a time to come. They've still got Bob Motzko. Yes, which uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. We got we got some words to to touch on there. But um, but yeah, for, for Michigan State, they drop that semifinal best of one game against Minnesota five to one they did open up the scoring but Minnesota just too good overall five unanswered and you know that's that's pretty much MSU season right there they they battled hard in my opinion but it's just Minnesota it's too too much to handle for Michigan State so Michigan State had a chance to get into the NCAA tournament even with that loss for me it was kind of or not for me, it was kind of. For me, it was beat Minnesota and you're in, lose and you're out because the the percentage and the scenarios for MSU to have to get into the NCAA tournament given they lose against Minnesota was crazy. But for MSU, they miss out of the NCAA tournament barely, barely. Right now, the cutoff is at 14 and Michigan State is 16th in the pairwise following Alaska at 15th. So just absolutely 
inches away, centimeters away, but just couldn't couldn't squeeze in to the top 14 there. And for me, I mean, I would have loved to see it, but it's it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, even to like be this close at the at this point, just literally if we told ourselves from a year ago this, like in general, you know, yeah, like that we're hey. talking about how close MSU was to making the NCAA tournament. I would have asked you what you were on if you could give me some. <laughs> the um, day the day MSU snapped the 13-game losing streak, senior night against Penn State, if uh, if me from the future came down from the heavens and said, Ryan, next year Michigan State will have a chance at making the NCAA tournament. I'm like, Haha, yeah, no. And yeah, they had a chance. I mean, you also have to think that if you were to go back last year and say Michigan State took three out of four games from Wisconsin – Okay, fine. Yeah, I'll take that. You know, it's three games. You come to this year and say Michigan State took three out of four games against Wisconsin, and now you're talking about that could have been the difference in making the tournament. Oh, God. That... It, it's it's that bittersweet moment for Michigan State hockey fans of it's better than last year, but you also were so close what to, to just getting over that last hurdle well and there's other games too you can think of um like i mean you could you could say that. Lowell, I mean, you bowling game, green well, Lowell, Lowell bowling green sure the one i'm thinking of was penn, uh the first game on the road at penn state yeah the one, the they, one they, they beat themselves the they took a penalty in the last minute or whatever and i think they scored on like a six penn state scored on like a six on four for the go-ahead um, I think that one win against Penn State, which is let me check where they are in the pairwise right now. But that would have Penn been, State, yeah. Penn, Penn State was eight. number eight in pairwise right now. Yeah, so that like, that would have beating them that four, should have effectively been. four times. It would count as three times in a tie, but whatever. Or taking one of the games against Notre Dame that was at Compton Family Ice Arena early in the season. Those first mm-hmm. Big Ten games that were just really fluke games. Yeah, I. I'm set on the one that really sours me is not it, it doesn't sour me at all. But the one that I kind of look at is win one game against Minnesota. Just one and you're in. That's that's where I kind of draw my line. And that's that's the highest expectations. But yeah. if you want to be a successful NCAA tournament playoff team, beating Minnesota one out of five times would have helped. So that's that's kind of where I drew my line. I think Minnesota kind of st- like seems it's like the, at least this year's Minnesota team is kind of like. You know, it's the litmus test for Michigan State. It's kind of like a reality check, even think is a better word for it. Um, just kind of like it lets you know, yeah, like well, guess MSU is good, but they haven't arrived. They're not, uh, they're not close to competing with that level yet. Um, like I think their closest game was a three goal game, um, between between them. Yeah. So it sh- it just goes to show how far Michigan State still has to go before they are, you know getting on quite on that level but you also have to take into account minnesota is the like unanimous number nearly unanimous number one team in the country like you know not many teams are competing with them if any um so yeah i mean you have to take it on both sides i think like yeah it's disappointing uh and yeah they still have ways to go but like come on it's also minnesota yeah you can look at it both ways like exactly yeah Michigan State was not going to turn into a national college hockey champion overnight. In, yeah, in one off season of trying to pick up pieces in the transfer portal and also kind of rework strategies with holdovers from the previous uh, coaching strategy. 
yeah, in my opinion, even scratching the NCAA tournament, you know, great season for MSU. Oh, yes. That's, I don't, that's I don't what you... we, I think that's what we're kind of all focused on instead of looking like, at it the other way. Like, oh, they missed out. That sucks. Like, I just okay. wanted, coming into the season, I didn't, I was not expecting much. Like, I thought MSU wasn't going to be towards the bottom of the Big Ten. Uh, but I wasn't thinking, like, uh, I, all I really wanted was just like some level of improvement, like a just a, a minor, direction. a minor improvement, if anything. You want like, it light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, like I can That's basically it's like I, I can said see so the vision. So many times last year, so many times. Basically, I just wanted to like be able to see like this is what the vision is for the team, um, and know and have a good feeling at the end of it where I can say they're confidently on the up and up, and we got that, and then some. Oh yeah, I'd say this season checked all the boxes from for someone that watched last year beat michigan finished the season ranked unbeaten against penn state beat ohio state actually have fans in the stands not just that consecutive multiple consecutive sellouts at mon ice arena i think like eight to be exact Almost yeah, won the, the whole duel second in the half D. of the season was pretty much. Was, yeah, I think it was from uh, the, winning duel. Th- the D would I have been think from the, the, uh, top of the season. a split second away from literally a second away from yeah. Because that's another one I forgot to mention too. Because if they survive the, the, the D one, if they forgot, if they survive those point six seconds, yeah, going that in shootout, at least, that just counts as a tie. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I don't think having that tie would have got would have done it would have been that's a, maybe would have got him fifteen over Alaska because it was against Michigan. You're forgetting, that's also the number four team in the country. Yeah, right now. but that's a tie, not a win. I'll also yeah, throw in the caveat yeah. of a an Eric Portillo versus Dylan Sancier shootout could have been a completely different scenario. True, but also it's a Adam Fantilli and Frank Nazar and whoever else you want to throw in versus. What Dort Russell and luckily Kelly? Fantilli was thrown out of that game. Oh yeah, he but, didn't play in Duel in the D. But, but Kelly Dorward and Russell, I'm pretty sure, it's a is solid, the shootout lineup. Yeah, they had, but they you're got also handles thro- in tight. But you're also throwing Saint Cyr to the Wolves of yeah, what, Mackie Simoskevich <laughs> or yeah, Frank Nazar, whoever or, else they want. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a own. That's a fun little hypothetical, I guess. But but uh, again, I go back to the point of if you're a Michigan State fan from last year. There's not really anything else you could have asked for out of this season. Because nowhere should anyone have started asking, could Michigan State beat Minnesota or make the tournament? Until you got to the point of, well, now Michigan State beat Ohio State. They beat Michigan in one game. Now we can reevaluate our goalposts. But from where Adam Nightingale came in from last year, 100%. To, you know, well exceeded expectations. Personally, think saying I, I myself think Nightingale should have been Big Ten Coach of the Year, and I know you guys feel the yes. same way here. Uh, but you know, I, I think that's its own, its own situation. But oh, I, I could go on a not not so long kind of spiel about why uh, Bob Motko, in my opinion, didn't quite deserve Coach of the Year. Not saying he's a bad coach, but. I understand. I understand both sides of it because you know, obviously, Moscow's team was incredible. Uh, obviously, we just saw that last weekend, uh, and how good that team is, and the work and the work he had to do recruiting that team to be so dominant at everything and having like no discernible flaws. 
like I get that part, but also my my the other argument is, you know, who did more with less? Coming into the season, Minnesota, even in your prediction, Minnesota, top of Big Ten standings. Everyone knew they were going to be good. Exactly, and that's the that's my point. Everyone is, knew MSU was. Everyone thought MSU was going to be, but was going to be horrible. Exactly, and for Michigan State to do what they did with what they had compared to. Minnesota. There was not one game that I thought Minnesota ever impressed me beyond what I thought they were capable of. Michigan State, I feel like that was like n- the month of November. Dude, a, a freaking snail could have taught Minnesota or the roster of Minnesota that they had. A freaking snail could have coached them up to that level. What's like, also fun, I, I, so much I kind of going back to this that I thought is fun to mention. I think since that Ohio State sweep in November, MSU never left the rankings. Yeah. They were ranked the entire season after yep. that. They got up to... I think 11 eight. was the highest they went. Well, no, 13 was the highest. 13. highest it, off. I yeah. thought they got up to 11 at one point. No. Nah. I think it was 13. Maybe in the USA Today rankings, they got up to 11. I, I think it was, but they for sure never cracked the top 10. Yeah. At the time, it was a bit questionable, but obviously now with the rest of the regular season... Michigan State definitely got put in their place second half. So being in that lower hat, that lower ten. Look, who would have thought Michigan State would have been ranked to begin with? Nope, not me. So end the season happy at, at nineteen. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Good. Uh, who who is that? It's Paul, uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. There we go. Anyways. MSU, after all said and done, they end their season at 18, 18, and 2. Does, okay, so like the the two counts as ties. So the 18 and 18 counts as 500 then. Yeah. So 18, 18, 2 overall counts as 500. Yeah. Which, yeah, MSU finishes 500 in a very, I, I very stacked Big Ten. Honestly, I think technically those two ties um, are both wins, so to speak, anyway. Shootout wins. Those shootout yeah. wins are Penn State and Notre Dame, aren't they? So if we want to get technical, yeah. It's like point yeah, five if you, zero. If you want to get technical, MSU had an above 500 season. That's that's amazing, yeah. given what happened last season. The, the issue is that no one else but the Big Ten counts shootout wins as points or anything, but yeah, yeah it's, over 500. You, you want to look at it that way? 500 or better? Done. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Most wins since the 2011-2012 season, which I can't remember those off the top of my head, but I think it was like 1916-2. That actually seems pretty right. Do fact check me on that. Um, yeah, but it was a great season for MSU. Um, Dylan St. Cyr goes on to win the, the Sportsmanship it, Award. It was 1916-4 for the record. Dang it. Four, not two. Captained ah. by current St. Louis Blues defenseman Tori Krug. Okay. Thank you for that tidbit. <laughs> I don't know. I have, have to shout it out when I can. So uh, some some end-of-season awards as well for the team. Uh, both Dylan St. Cyr and Jagger Joshua received all Big Ten team honorable mentions. So not first or second team, but, I mean, rightfully so. The Big Ten was absolutely stacked to most of the players coming from I was gonna Michigan say, and Minnesota. My, my favorite thing is how there are three total players on out of the, what is this, 12 uh, that make both the Big Ten teams, all Big Ten teams, uh, that played for either Minnesota, that did not play for either Minnesota or Michigan. I feel like the past two years of preseason 
all Big Ten team polls and postseason have just been littered with Michigan and Minnesota. Yeah. Like it's that's with the occasional Ryan Bischel or the occasional uh there's yeah it's Jakob Dobesh in there or something. It actually was not Dobesh. Um the others yeah, the other two that didn't make it or that weren't from either of those schools, it was so Bischel was first team goalie and then uh the first the second team players, uh Jake Wise and Mason Lorai from Ohio State. Okay. Yep. And then what close was second team goalie, right? Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Dobesh and Saint Cyr were both honorable mention goalies. Which is a bit weird having two honorable two mention honorable goalies, mention. but you know, you take what you can get. Yeah. I'll take Saint Cyr over Dobesh. But the one that the one that yeah. Well, I'm heated on. I'm still heated on that. Yeah, Nightingale getting snubbed for coach of the year. That should have happened. That should have happened in my opinion for sure. Like I said, I see both sides of it, but yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. I got to get some words into the people who vote on that. Let's see if we could persuade them. That that knuckle crack was actually. I, think I, that, I can't that was believe clean. that got, that that got was picked clean. up on them. Oh, I can't believe that, that. That was all for. That was perfect. Okay. But uh, some more end of season stuff. We decided that we would go ahead and pick some uh, some end of season awards on our side, not on Big Ten side because they were wrong. No, I'm kidding. Uh, they They did do a pretty good job. But for us, we wanted to pick some end-of-season awards, so we decided to pick a Rookie of the Year for the team, a Team Most Valuable Player, and then a Most Underrated Player on the roster this season. And we haven't revealed these to each other, so we'll see if we get the same ones. If so, we'll just let's try to pick somebody else. But uh, without further ado, here are the 2022-2023 Behind the Mask End-of-the-Year Team Awards for this season. Uh, it's rookie of the year. Who wants to go first? I'll take it. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I think there's really two obvious answers you can go for here. Yeah. So I'm going to give the one I would give the edge to, and that's Carson Dorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, first line center had an incredible start to the season. Was pretty consistent throughout the year. Um, the goal scoring kind of trailed off the second half of the year, but he was still good the entire way through. Great defenseman. Only took. Or, not, or like great defender, I mean, so to speak, um, only has eight penalty minutes on the entire season. That's pretty crazy. In 38 games played, 10 goals, 17 assists, uh, had popped off for a few like big, big games, had four assists in one of them. I believe is one of two players on Michigan State's roster to score a hat trick on the season. Yes, yes. True. Jagger um, Joshua, the other one, twice. Yeah, I mean, one of them he had four. Dort had four assists in that game. It was Miami uh, of Josh, Ohio, right? He's uh, Dort scored the hat trick at oh, at Miami. Yeah, uh, it was. I'm saying Dort had four assists and Josh was uh, oh, in right. hat trick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like still incredible throughout the season. Really great two way game. Play makes can score a little bit. Has has does pretty much everything well. He's like a Swiss Army knife kind of player. And I think it's where I got to give it to him. Yeah, and a good, really good two hundred foot player too. Yes, he leads the team with a plus minus ten plus minus. Yeah, yeah, bang, boom. I really don't think that there's anyone else that you could give it to other than Carson Dorwart. Uh, I do have kind of a, a, a. There's one other person you can give it to. Really. Yeah. Time. Yes. And there's some other but, ones though that I think deserve. There, some there is one. There's one that I'm kind of keeping secret because it's my most underrated player. A little bit of a tease as to oh, who it is. Uh, I was. Uh, I, I think I know who you're going you, with, and I was going to pick him for my underrated player too. But. Um. But. I got multiple. I can see the argument for Daniel Russell. He has second highest plus minus on team with a plus eight, and I mean that entire top line. It's two freshmen and Jagger Joshua. It's Carson Dorbert and Daniel Russell. But 
Daniel Russell's goal scoring fell off after, I believe it was Saturday, January 28th. Or no, uh, was it? Yeah, it was January 20th. He's got tabs. Or Friday, January 28th uh, against Minnesota. It was against Minnesota, the game he got ejected for contact to the head. Which I still I mean, think was Not a BS. great call. Yeah. He still had, what is he this? He had a lot of yeah. assist production. But. Yeah, assists on goals scored by, among other people, Carson Dorward. And it's just... I, I, I'm going to give Dorworth the edge, not solely based on his ability to also play or to score more goals. I'll also give him the edge because of his two-way play. I think it just barely edges out Daniel Russell's two-way play. Daniel Russell is... Saying, that's it, the thing, too. Is they both are two very good two-way players. Yeah. Like on, the, uh, on the penalty kill, that is two of the fours they run. On that first PK unit is Dor and Russell. I, I would also argue that you know, for a good amount of time, Carson Dorwart and Daniel Russell play better defense than some of the defensemen. Yeah. And I, I would give the edge in forechecking Daniel Russell. He is an incredibly aggressive forechecker. If there is one Michigan State skater fighting for the puck back behind an opponent's net, it's going to be Daniel Russell. But I just think Carson Dorwart overall just barely wins in terms of overall play. I think he's a little bit better on defense and a little bit better at scoring by himself. Because when Daniel Russell is the lone four-checker, he really can't do anything, as we saw in the second half of the season. For me, I'm going to same exact two guys you said. Uh, the way I'll break this down, I'm not going to repeat what you guys said, because literally everything that you guys said, I picked Carson Dorwart first and Daniel Russell second for those reasons. But to be fair, what I'll do is first half of the season rookie of the year Daniel Russell second half of the season rookie of the year Carson Dorward and for pretty much everything you guys said I'm not going to go ahead and repeat that so yeah rookie of the year congratulations to we'll get we'll give it to Carson Dorward officially from all of us but Daniel Russell putting together a heck of a season as well it's by like 0.025 points 0.025 specifically thanks to doing the math (laughs) so random numbers so that is the rookie of the year awards we're going to go ahead grab a paper plate uh, do the paper plate awards. I don't know if you guys ever had that with sports oh, yeah. teams, but yeah, just you know, right on it, well, give it to them. It wasn't a sports team, but yeah, yeah, and any any team, any program, any theatrical thingy, a lot a lot of things do it. But anyways, moving on from rookie of the year, we have the team's most valuable player. I'll let whoever wants to go first go first on this. This was the one where I feel like there's more room for variation here. Um, and maybe it's just my own personal position bias talking, but I got to go Dylan Saints here. Yeah. I don't think oh, MSU yeah. gets to where they have been this year without him. Uh, been pretty much incredibly consistent throughout the whole season in net. The numbers are not like if you look at his counting stats or whatever, they're not necessarily think eye popping, um, so to speak, compared to like, you know, your Bishels or your closes or whatever. But he is won MSU games on his own, like on by himself. And he has been, I think, really one of MSU's, I, I think they're his mo- the most valuable player. I do not think MSU has won or will win some of those games without his play. Something that doesn't go into the stat book at all is big time saves in big time yes. times. I should have yeah. thought and that. He out also better. kind of, uh, yeah, big time saves, big time moments. There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's clutch. I mean, that's his own thing. I mean, he's 
been, like I said, been just rock solid top to bottom. I think one thing also that kind of goes a little uh, un, under noticed, so to speak, uh, is his puck playing ability. Yes, he's, um, in my opinion, one of the best puck players he's in an, college he, hockey. He's very aggressive with the way he does it, but like he's, yeah, he's very smart. And I, I finally noticed how he does it. He, he's got like, there's a bevel on the hockey goalie stick once you get to the shaft of it. So he puts his glove, that bevel of the top of like the big part of the hockey stick into the crux of the bottom of his glove. And then the top of his glove has like the middle of the shaft that he just pushes like so he's got the crux of the bottom of the glove with the stick for, I don't know how, for direction and strength. And then the top of it, he's able to flick. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm was wondering, I'm like, how does he do it so I mean, well? That's how, that's how you just shoot the puck as a goalie. But I mean, he he just does it. He just oh, does well. Right, that, sound, that sounded like I was talking down. You're being condescending for a second, but I don't know. That's just, yeah. It, it just, it, it, trust me, his uh, dimensions trust me, it's uh, better than normal goals. I mean, like, I've done it, like, I myself. It is a lot harder than it looks. Yeah. I was, because I tried to do it when I was a goalie. And I'm like, this is not working. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Dylan St. Cyr, though, for my team MVP. Phillips, you want to go or you want me to? This is just really hard because I, there is, there's so many people on this team that fulfill specific roles and it, there's a lot of them that fulfill roles that aren't reflected on stat sheets um the, and really i don't think there is one singular player i i get the uh, i get the clear dylan st Cyr because he has definitely kept them in games and given them the opportunity to win in in my opinion i think and, and partially also just to kind of offer up a little bit of variation here i'm gonna go with a bit of a, a pick that might be a little bit too as i would as i would call it uh you know vanilla or white bread like basically a, a basic pick but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with jagger joshua if okay the, among other things pick, one yes. of the things that really won michigan state certain games was the ability to use jagger joshua to his full potential having him not only put on an aggressive screen, draw extra bodies to get him out of that crease area, but also his ability to shoot and re- and get rebounds was incredible to see this year. And I really just have to give it to him. I mean, two hat tricks, leading Michigan State with 13 goals scored. He's got 24 points, and he's on the top line for a reason. He's the only veteran player on that top line of forwards. So I'm going to have to give it to Jagger Joshua. I like both of those picks. I was I was thinking going to Saints here, but for for these I got a you know couple choices just in case. And I'm glad I do because for my or for my team MVP on the season, I'm going to Nico Mueller and deservedly so. Led the team with 34 points, nine goals, 25 assists. He was a play driver on that second line. One kind of once uh, Jeremy Davidson and Middendorf and him all like finally settled down on that second line. That's when it. Really, like, that's when Nico Mueller's presence on this lineup, on this team, was felt the most, in my opinion. In the first half of the season, I didn't really pay attention to him too much. He was putting up really good numbers given what he did the first three seasons, but we we, we all kind of were, you know, had our attention grabbed on the top line. But Nico Mueller, you know, putting together a good first half of the season, then all of a sudden the second half, I I think he his play-driving ability on that second line just flourished. Him and Jeremy Davidson... Had a huge connection. 
And there were, there were times that, you know, I mean, in hockey and the professional level, there's a lot of times where you don't need to look at where the person is. You just know they're going to be there. And then a goal usually comes from that, sometimes comes from that. That's what happened with Nico Mueller and Davidson a lot. Nico Mueller was able to find him without even looking, just got the puck perfectly onto his tape without having to look over his shoulder. And that's just that's just a little bit of his playmaking ability. I think he was the reason why some games were won in the later half of the season. And he had a huge, huge series against Notre Dame in the quarterfinals as well. Uh, so for me, yeah, team MVP, giving it to the senior forward from Eresdorf, Switzerland. I think I got that city right. Sorry, Nico, if I missed it. But yeah, congratulations, Nico. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Uh, that's another like that was my other pick. If I didn't, but if I if we were doing like a like a breakout player of the year too, both of you guys' picks would be yeah. Like I think the top two candidates for it, like, it's really two, they're two veterans that really did come into their own with the new Adam Nightingale coaching staff and new kind of offensive strategy. They right. they and, really came into their own as players. Well, yeah, I I ended up writing a whole article about uh, that top line after Penn State. Um, when they came to East Lansing and kind of trying to do like, you know, what makes the line click together so well. Uh, and I thought it was just kind of interesting because that line, that top line is very weirdly constructed, so to speak, because, you know, you're you're pairing Jagger Joshua with, you know, a 5'9 wing who's quick. It was like main weapons is speed and then doors, a playmaker center. You know, and I thought it was kind of funny just how it like seemed to click together so well. Um, but yeah. And then Mueller, I think when they, when they shuffle those lines around, around that same time, I think like right before Penn state, um, was when him and Davidson had that connection going and they were, they, they were clicking. Yeah. So congratulations to all the team MVPs that we have just awarded. Good job guys. I know that they're totally listening and they're pumping the air with happiness that they got, a behind the mask team MVP awarded from one of us. So congratulations guys. Uh, anyways, moving on to this one. I like this one. I like this category a lot. Most underrated player this season. Who wants to go first? Go ahead. You go first. I'll oh, go first. Or I'll oh, go first. Actually, wait. no, I can go first. If you want. Wait, which you okay, <laughs> yeah. actually I'll go first. Um, okay. So you said you were going to take a freshman for yours, right? Uh-huh. Can I just guess real quick? Yeah. Is it Tiernan? Yes. Okay, you go first then. You talk about <laughs> Darn it. Yeah, so I'm picking Tiernan Shouty. Honestly, I could also argue Tiernan Shouty for any of the any of the other awards, whether it's Rookie of the Year or MVP, because his play style, again, it it's not necessarily reflected to its full extent on the stat sheet, but you watch how he plays – He's incredibly. He gets incredibly aggressive, not in a bad way, but in a, in a way that's necessary in Big Ten play. He speeds up when he needs to. He goes after the puck. He doesn't really play. He doesn't chase bodies. He he really does play the puck and he plays it well. And I just didn't think. It's not that he didn't get any credit. It's just I don't think he got nearly enough credit. That from from what I saw. I mean, when you think of on senior night when Ryan Nolan got ice time, Nightingale was double-shifting Tiernan Shouty. And there's a reason. And I think he's just overall a standout player that didn't quite get as much recognition 
because there were other standout players like Jagger Joshua, Cole Krieger at times, Nico Mueller, Carson Dorbert, Daniel Russell, that were kind of obvious for other for media to focus on. And so that, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll cut off my spiel there and let you guys kind of take it. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to shift because we haven't really talked about defensemen at all uh, so far. Oh, I swear. I wonder if you got mine. No, I think I know who you're talking about. Okay. So I'm going for the other defenseman that you're not going to go for. Ooh. I'm going Matt Basgill. Okay. Because uh, I know who you're, I know who you're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, because I feel like even as far as, you know, I feel like Basgill kind of flew under the radar a little bit ahead of Ryan, uh, because of Ryan's pick. Uh, I think gets most of the attention. Him and Cole Krieger both um, get most of the attention from that blue line. Uh, but Basgill has been like a phenomenal puck dis- distrib- distributor for uh, for a freshman. I mean, he's a little undersized. I think he's only like 5'9 or whatever. Um, but still, like he runs that first, he runs the power play well. He He's got speed. He can move the puck up the ice. He's a good actual defenseman. Uh, really does pretty well-rounded game. He's not the biggest, which, you know, isn't great for a defenseman, but he does everything else well, and I don't really know what else you can really fault him for. I think he doesn't get the same recognition as the rest of his team. And that, I think uh, the, there's a reason the coach trusts him in the way he does. Um, I mean, that line... I could even say David Gucciardi for this pick too, because I think that pairing has been was been really underrated. I think the whole season, it, you, Phillips is kind of eh, he, he isn't quite no. I, I would I would I would I, give the edge to Matt Baskell. I would too, I think, but Gucciardi also has done has developed a lot uh, throughout the year. I think uh, as an overall defenseman. So that my pick though goes to Matt Baskell. Thank you for picking Basgol because... You were going to pick Nashneen House. Yep. I'm picking Nashneen House. For me, he's somebody that... Hey, he did actually put up the numbers. Let me actually... He was MSU's leading point-getting defenseman. Yeah, MSU's leading point or leading Scoring D-man in points with yeah. four goals, 15 assists, so 19 points. He also missed uh, six games. And there's there's a reason why I picked him. He's good. One. He scored. Two. Three. He's the most underrated because remember those those four games that he missed? He got injured against Ferris State in the GLI. Then Michigan State played Tech. It was a good game, but they lost in overtime. Then they went to Ohio State, and they lost 1-3 to three and then 0-6. to six. And that Ohio State series was kind of like, whoa. That, like, Michigan State did not play. Uh, game 1, actually, they did play pretty decently. But that game 2, there, there was just something completely off in that game, and... When I looked at it, I was like, okay, there's there's a clear hole on the defense, and Nashine House was out in that game. I think he comes back for that Penn State series, but Nashine House all year, he's that guy that you never really see him make a mistake. Of course, if you go through all 38 games and study him and watch him, he made mistakes. Everybody will. But he seemed like the one player that always won those little puck battles against the wall that maybe would be a 50-50 for other people. He would always put the puck into the right spot without putting it in danger. There's many people on this lineup, especially in the defense, that'll try those long stretch passes, get picked off at center, the other team skating it right back the other way. Neenhouse barely did that at all. Uh, He was essential on the penalty kill. He was on the first line penalty kill, and MSU's penalty kill was actually third in the Big Ten, so better than par. 
And there was a lot of times where Nashine House, right place, right time, blocking shots, getting sticks in the lane, you name it. For me, most underrated and heavily deserving award for me, give it to number four, Nashine House, Hundo P. So yeah, that's uh, any any last second categories that you guys want to throw in? Coach of the year. Coach of the year, <laughs> Coach of the year, Nightingale. End of case. Boom. Well, Boom. How, uh, well, uh, if we had to pick between number, the MSU yeah. coaches, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, every MSU head coach going at dead. What? Every, every MSU hockey head coach. I've been alive oh. for four of them, I think. Oh, well, I mean, I've only Mason, covered two of them. Mason, but. Cole, Nightingale, then whoever was before him. Well, you forgot Nastis. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay, there we go. Maybe, uh, maybe five head yeah. coaches then. Yeah, any other actual? No. No. I, I'm good. Oh, well, I would. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. I, I would throw out, uh, like most valuable locker room player. I don't know if that's an. We, I, that's not where some yeah, we can categorize though. Yeah, in the locker room. But I feel. Ooh, wait. What well, about? I'm trying to make sure there's not a clear one in my mind. Didn't we? We already, the last episode we did was it favorite moment? I feel. Like? Yeah, favorite yeah, moment. We already, yeah. we already did favorite moment. So what about best? Or you could say best. Your favorite or most impactful transfer, other than Dylan Saints here? Uh, I have to look these. Yeah, I gotta look. Yeah. I gotta look through everybody. That's that's kind of what I was I doing as I was. Uh, so tra- mm, transfer of the year then. Transfer, yeah, transfer, yeah. We'll do transfer. Transfer of the year. Yeah. Um, pull up the roster real quick. Yeah, yeah. Let me, yeah. Let I have to look through this again, everybody. I should have had one before I pulled it <laughs> up. Miss up? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I the the one guy I was big on coming into the season, Miro Miroslav Muka. He did he did all right. He did all right. I thought he was going to do a lot better, and that's no hate on you, Miro. Miro's a great player, great team guy as well. I mean, this this is something that I thought about that I didn't think about at all. Miro got captain for Michigan State without skating a singular game for them. Yeah. It, that's something. Well, I mean, the coach had also never coached a game for them yeah, either. Yeah, but so. okay, but t- I, I just wanted to say that alone. Come on, since you had to put in perspective, God dang it. Yeah. But yeah, do you guys have anybody? I mean, we could move on. We don't. I mean, I, I really <laughs> think out of the out of the options we do have, though, I really think the only other answer is Muka. Yeah. Uh, out of the guys I, that transferred in this year, guys like Davidson or Middendorf don't count. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say, I mean, you could also talk about Justin Jallen. Jalen was a good, like a good, good Jalen defensive fourth liner guy, but I, Muko had a better season. Muko, yeah, Muko takes that. Uh, so moving on from that, we've got oh gosh, this this pickums race does not cease to deliver. This oh, <laughs> we I'll I'll just I'll just throw it to you, Stitzy. Go ahead. Okay, uh, so because the last episode was about two weeks ago now, so these are kind of a little dated, but still. We'll we'll uh we'll catch up. I I, I need to keep you guys updated because your boy had a generational pick'em week. I think no no. I think we I think that's a, I think this is a record for. Well, points. it's a record, yeah, it, but it, given it, perspective, it, it should it. Okay, so you got, you had, yeah, your boy yeah. was in last uh, before this week, but so we'll 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 save that for the end. Um, first up, because uh, this is first round of the Big Ten tournament and uh, the last week of a couple. Uh, other conferences regular seasons so the first one was first round michigan beat wisconsin in two uh ryan got one point for that phillips and i got two he had michigan in three and they were so i'm so salty wisconsin did not win I was, one of those games I, after oh. that after that i thought ohio state was going to win because solely of the fact that michigan just did not look good against wisconsin yeah 
Yeah, I was I was hoping, but, but yeah, no. but and then they came out in the semis and just whooped them. Yeah, everyone's had everyone has their moment where they don't look good against Wisconsin. Yeah, Sadly. even Minnesota had a moment where they didn't look good against Wisconsin. Which, yep, we were watching that in the LCA like media lounge. Yeah, just like what what is happening? We're eating our freaking pizza. Like what the heck is going on between yeah. Wisconsin and Minnesota? That's its own thing. Okay, and with, then and with, the, with their backup, but and then in the second uh, weekend matchup, we uh, it was Ohio State v Penn State. Um, Ohio State ended up winning, winning in three. Uh, I had that correctly, so I got two points. Phillips got one point because he had OSU in two. And then Ryan had Penn State in three, so we got nothing on that. Took a chance, didn't pay off. I I took a chance on the Penn State's fraudulent narrative. I wonder who's been pushing that. Me. Yeah, and that didn't work out so well for me. So really, it's your fault. I I I pushed it. I I still push it, them being fraudulent. I just thought, oh, they're good enough to get one off Ohio State. It's crazy that they're eighth in the pairwise right uh, now. I still don't get it. I, I still, it's, I don't know. It's just pitched, Big Ten I, strength I will, of schedule. That's I will continue to push yeah. that narrative for as long as this, as uh, everything goes. But for as long as time, because the, the Penn State it, finished as a sixth seed in the tournament, so I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how Penn State finished eighth in the pairwise and Ohio State's nine. That that blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, but that's the sixth seed in the Big Ten versus the three seed. Yeah, but it just. Because uh, it's out of conference schedules yeah, and stuff. Because they kind of ran the table and they're out of conference. That's pretty much it. Uh, and then the last one was MSU beating Notre Dame in three, which we all got correct. Both points for. Um, I didn't think it would be the final two of three, but I thought it was going to be one. I thought it was going to be win, loss, win, not loss, and then two back to back. Going into it, I did actually say Notre Dame's taking game one. I did say, not quote unquote, but close enough, Notre Dame's taking game one and a Super, super close one, and then Michigan State's winning both games comfortably. I will say that, and Marin could back me up on that. So, did have something right this season, at least. We'll take that. Because you go, yeah. Uh, and then, so <laughs> look at me go. That brings okay. Who would have so thought? That brings us Not for me. the. Uh, that's the end of the Big Ten pickums for that week, uh, and then that brings us to locks of the week. Ooh. For I think the first time all season, two of our three parlays hit. It could have been three if not for that one school. The yeah, the the one school that continuously, uh, <laughs> uh, thorn in the side. Yeah, pick them wise. Yes, I'll put it that way. Pick Whether wise. you bet four against them, <laughs> for some reason, uh, never works. It does not. And the one the one that didn't get anything was Phillips. Uh, he had uh, Boston University over Providence, which was correct, uh, and Alaska over Lindenwood, which is one we all had, which was you know. Kind of easy. You could expect that one. Um, and then uh, the one that was wrong was Omaha over North Dakota. Uh, Nodak ended up sweeping that one. And not, not even splitting. They swept. Yes. North Dakota's been on a heater now for some reason. I, yeah, I, I guess they figured it out. Um, but then... Ritter. <laughs> at least At least he's having a good, a, a good last, like, final segment to the season. Yeah. Um, and then... For the rest of it, though, uh, Ryan's parlay, he got two points. He had Denver over Colorado College and Alaska over Lindenwood. Uh, and then I got three. I had Western Michigan over Miami, Denver over Colorado College, and Alaska over Lindenwood. Uh, so that brings totals for the entire week. Ryan had five points. Phillips had five points. And yours truly finished with a whopping nine, which I think is a record for most in a week. By plus one. Yeah. Yes. But Your point? 
on the record, Phillips was I, more I had impressive because it wasn't the Big Ten tournament quarterfinals. Okay, I got the exact in which two. I think you're just trying to discount my, my legacy here. Oh no, I definitely no, yes. am for good reason. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just trying to because uh, it's They're my legacy on the line. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to stop me from going back to back here. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh sec. no, that too. Boop. Wait, sorry, say something real quick. You me. I forgot uh, I had that privilege. Uh, <laughs> okay. Do not like that. Um, but yeah, so uh, overall totals now. Uh, with me picking up a four-point advantage on that week, uh, the t- the standings now, Ryan and Phillips are now both tied for second at 54 points, and I am now the new lead, leading with 55. So I have a one-point advantage heading into this week. Dude, I love this year, Pickums, man. How many weeks have some of us been tied? Probably for more than <laughs> I think half the entire the, season. For probably the entire I, Out of nowhere, Pick-ums. I come, I come in first. Somebody's been tied I'm with somebody. First place. I've been in first twice. Stinson, you've been in first. I think I think this is actually the first time you've been in first since the beginning of the season. Probably. I've, I've been uh, like then, tied but, or like second real out of it. Yeah, and then Ryan, I think you had first. You you had like first middle to endish. You had first dropped into second for a little bit and then tied me for first before uh, Stinson now has a one point lead. Yeah, it's been fun. It's and been good. Extremely I, been, close compared to some ha- other. I've years. been very happy with the way this uh, locks of the week system has turned out. I think it's the I think it's the good the good equalizer in all of this. The middle ground. Everything's balanced. Honestly. As it should be. Yes. Correct. Um, as for this week, though, for pickups, we're not doing any because uh, we already made our picks for this weekend before these tournaments even began. Uh, and I'll just give you a little update on those uh, instead. First was the Atlantic the oh, Atlantic God. Hockey Conference. Do we have Skip. to? Can, can we get a mulligan <laughs> fast, on the Atlantic fast tournament? Fast forward 30 seconds. I You're mean, welcome. We kind of, the Atlantic is basically a mulligan because none of us are getting points for it. Ryan and I picked RIT, and they lost a Holy Cross uh, in, the, in the semis. More like tournament. Holy sh- No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> FCC regulations. <laughs> oh, Lord. Even though we're on podcast. You're going to bleep yourself on this one. And then Phillips' Niagara pick uh, ha- turned out to be just as off base as Ryan and I's RIT pick because Niagara ended up losing to, I think, also Holy Cross. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the Crusaders, bro. Who would have thought? Crusaders won't. Yeah, and the finals this weekend is uh, num- in pairwise. <laughs> oh, out of the 61 teams, it's number 43 and number 44 facing off. Holy Cross versus Canisius. The, and the, this is why one of them will get an auto bit. Winner gets uh, a spot in the tournament. Well, this this Jesus. is why the cutoff line for the tournament right now is at fourteen. Is because of the well, I, and I think also, uh, actually, is um, yeah. I, well, at least this is why the cutoff is not at sixteen. Is because at least one team from the Atlantic gets an auto bid, and it's now either Canisius or Holy Cross. The most energizing exciting matchup in college hockey possible i you guys are nobody ex- ever you, you've got to be excited to watch atlantic hockey championship between these two teams oh god i i can't even i, I uh it, it's not just that it's when i when i said mulligan earlier i just meant like no ncaa ncaa officials invalidate the results of the atlantic hockey tournament and just redo the entire tournament my pick will stay the same. Just redo it. Just keep doing it until Niagara wins. <laughs> we'll just re- redo it until I don't Holy think Cross. That's how it works. No, I it's think not that's even how life works. It's not even that. I just Canisius and Holy Cross. Can we get a different matchup? Yeah. Oh no, Crusaders are rolling right now. I think we're hating a little too much I mean, on for the those two well, schools. It, this, we hate yeah, on the Atlantic. It's, it's gonna be. The... A, it's gonna be a, a 
I feel like it's going to be a close game. It's just I would rather it be a different close game. For these two schools, it's like it's like they're March Madness right now. They win and they're in. Like yeah. that this is crazy for them. They're but gonna they, get their they the, lost me the points. crap beat out of them in the NCAA tournament. But hey, the if winner, they win, the, they're in. The winner plays for the right to play Minnesota. <laughs> Like legitimately, they're going to be the last seed in, yeah. and oh they will face. You Minnesota know what? I round. may just watch that game so I can see or, another team suffer against Minnesota. Or if somehow Minnesota loses, as I don't, and if somehow Minnesota falls out of first place, I don't even know if that's possible. Uh, then they would get the right to play Quinnipiac. If Minnesota loses in that game, do we go ahead and fire Bob Motzko instantly? I think we retroactively revoke his coach of the year. Yes, and for give sure. it to Night Gale. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Fire Bob Motzko <laughs> and make him an assistant for MSU. Yep, there we go. I like that. <laughs> um, speaking of That's Bob Motzko, we'll move on to the next conference, which is the Big Ten, which we all picked Minnesota uh, to win, and they're still in right now. Uh, they, you know, as you would, as you've known, they play Michigan this weekend. Uh, I believe that's Saturday night for the Big Ten title. Uh, that'll be at Mariucci. So I'll be. I mean, obviously, very good game. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. This is actually one that, that is, I, I feel like yeah. we were confident going in, but seeing that it's a Minnesota-Michigan matchup, this could go really either way. I don't. I normally, if this were earlier in the season for Pickums, I would have, I would give Mariucci the benefit of the doubt for home ice advantage and the Olympic sheet. But I don't Cheaters. think I don't think it gives Michigan that much trouble. I think Michigan has been able to deal with it. Okay, so this isn't going to count for anything. Who do you guys think is going to win the Big Ten championship? Let's do. Let's do this for a point. This no, not for a point. Oh come on! Because we already picked this, and you already get your point for if Minnesota. He just he just doesn't want us to tie him. We're doing a pick up. You already picked picked Minnesota. Well, yeah. He he just doesn't want to risk us tying. We already did. Yeah, exactly. It's already written on the dock. It's set in stone. You said let's pick it. That's a pick up. Out of curiosity, who do you think? Out of curiosity, who do you think is winning this? I'm going Minnesota. I am too. I have to say Minnesota. Just so, see so it wouldn't even matter, anyways. Yeah. None of us are picking Michigan. Yeah. Well, if it was official, I might have put a little bit more thought into it and might have been so, willing to risk the point more. I, but I would be ooh. willing to bet, put more points on Minnesota. Really, is all. Michigan. Oh wait, no. The oh, yeah, Miss- Michigan's lost three out of four against Minnesota. Right. So there's that. And what if you're just looking purely off matchups? The matchup that I really look at in this game and say. That scares me if I'm Michigan is the Minnesota top line forwards versus Michigan's defense. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because Michigan's yes. best defenseman is a, basically a forward, as far as Luke the skill Hughes, set's concerned. Yeah. Um, and Portillo's at, rebound control—that's yes. what worries me. And you've got Portillo, who's had a not a who's had a not good season for his standards. Um, put combine those two things together. Um, Michigan having a lot of smaller, undersized defensemen going up against two of the top scores in the country. Uh, that scares me. Um, and I get that Michigan has the leading score in the country, but Minnesota also has Faber and Close and Lacombe and overall more all Big Ten level defense. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'll put this in a little bit more of a, a short and simple way. Uh, only one of these two teams has lost a game this season to Michigan State. True. Only one of them. True. And it was only, it was only one game, but it's still a loss. And spoiler alert, it was not Minnesota. So one, one of the one of those had thanks for the spoiler alert. There. One, one of those teams had four <laughs> from clo- back in. <laughs> one of those teams had four close games against Michigan State, and the other one did not. 
Uh-huh. Okay, that's it for the Big Ten, though. Um, we all have Minnesota. Go Golden Gophers. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think Minnesota is going to win. And honestly, I'd be willing to bet by two plus goals. Uh, I could I could legit see, yeah, I'm going to call it final score. I'm going to say 4-2. Are you willing to put points on that? No. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> he said that with the most straight face, too, by the way. <laughs> One of these days. Moving on. Uh, another conference that's not going to win us any points because all our picks are already out uh, is the CCHA. Uh, Ryan and I also once again had the same pick. Phillips chose something incredibly random. Uh, what do you mean random? And they both ended up losing to the same team. Very specific reasons for why <laughs> I picked who I did. Yes. Uh, so in the first round, Holy Cross, or not Holy Cross, uh, I'm thinking of the Atlantic still. Uh, Phillips picked Bemidji State. The, the Atlantic is haunting you. Yes. <laughs> haunting all of us. It haunts me everywhere. <laughs> Phillips picked Bemidji State. They lost in the first round in Northern Michigan. Uh, and then uh, the Wildcats advanced on to the second round where they knocked off Ryan and I's pick, West Michigan Tech. Uh, and so now Northern Michigan will play Minnesota State for the CCHA championship. Um, so, yeah, uh, none of us getting any points for that. Personally, I mean, I think I don't see how you don't pick Minnesota State to win that, but neither here nor there. Uh, but still... Uh, any thoughts on the CCHA we really want to throw out here? Nah. Uh, you you okay. guys hate on the <laughs> Beavers about... too much? Uh, I mean, there wasn't really a... There I mean, wasn't... I'll I don't know what's a love on the for be- the Beavers. I was like, yeah, what is there to like? <laughs> like <laughs> it's, they put them in Bemidji. We've done. We've made they, that joke on Thanks for Charlie Combs. It's the CCHA. Okay. Uh, moving on to the other conferences. Uh, next, alphabetically, we have the ECAC. Uh, so, another one that's not going to make any difference for us. <laughs> we... Uh, all had we all picked Quinnipiac to win, and they're still in it right now. Um, I just realized these first four conferences, nothing's going to change. The no, last it comes two down are, to the comes last down two. To the last two. No, it, the, wait, is there? It oh yeah, there is. The there is a second one. I it cut, cuts off at the end of the page. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it comes down to the last two. Uh, we all picked Quinnipiac to win. Uh, they got the semis this weekend still, so the, the championship game's not even set. But Quinnipiac plays Colgate this weekend, and then on the other side of the bracket, Harvard plays Cornell, uh, and then the winners of those two will face off for Colgate versus L- Cornell. Long story, sh- yeah. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> long story short, it's going to be Quinnipiac versus Harvard in the, the ECAC championship. No. I believe that finals, are, I believe those finals Cornell. are also played in uh, Lake Placid, where, like, they played the, uh, uh, where they played the Olympics at. That would be pretty cray-cray. It is. I know that. I actually believe it enough for a fact. Even crazier than ECAC regular season scheduling. Just because of the only yeah, one that doesn't ECAC do series? tournament yep. at 1980 rink Herb Brooks Arena, Lake Placid. That's literally what it's officially called, apparently. Honestly, kind of sick. Pretty sick. I, I wish. I don't think they do. They're not doing anything special for the other, other three conferences we already talked about um, as far as like location-wise. But, yeah, it's top seed host. Yeah, I mean, I think we're still on the same boat, though, for the ECAC that Quinnipiac is going to run it, so. Yep. I mean, nothing. Yep. Not that much to talk about there. Yep. Um, another one with kind of a, with a fun, uh, you know, host rank for the championship game, Hockey East. Uh, their finals will be played at TD Garden. Uh, I believe that's on Saturday. And like the ECAC, they still have to play their final four this weekend. Uh, the semis are uh, Friday, championship Saturday. Uh, we, this is the one where we all have someone different. Um, I have Merrimack, who plays, uh, I believe, UMass Lowell. 
and who also played spoiler in MSU's chances of getting into the NCAA tournament. But yep. I, I didn't think it would happen. I saw they were coming. Merrimack was going on a heater. Was calling it now. I was calling my shot early. It's looking good so far. But uh, Merrimack plays UMass Lowell, first spot in the championship. Um, on the other half of the bracket, Ryan's pick of Boston University will play Providence. Um, and then the winner of those Merrimack two will face BU. the winner of those two games will face off in uh, TD Garden for the Hockey East title. BU uh, versus Merrimack would be a sick final for that. That would be. Yeah. I would. Ryan and I would be chirping each other about the night. Let's, for that let's go BU. Yes, my man. Everyone hates I, against me for the whole time. I, I, I don't need <laughs> Ryan to win. Against, I just need you to lose. This podcast. Me against the world. Me against the world. <laughs> you, you need the shirt. Stitzy versus everybody. <laughs> can we title that against the, uh, can we title up the episode, uh, Stinson against the world? No, just title it Stinson versus. That's it. <laughs> it so, looks like a typo. Uh, Phillips is the one chirping. His uh, pick actually uh, was Northeastern, which I was close to picking myself. Yeah, top goalie in the country. Right. Uh, I, that's, I also picked Michigan Tech for their goalie carrying them the whole way there didn't happen either um so yeah uh northeastern also lost already in uh, the tournament i believe they lost yeah they lost to providence in overtime um so they're done they're donezo um and no points no points for phillips on the hockey east but uh last conference out there we got the nchc um only one of our picks out right now and that was ryan's Oh. Ryan pick Western Michigan, uh, not a bad pick. Not a bad pick yeah. at all. I would that would be my second. That's the only other team I would have considered other than my pick Denver. But uh, Western Michigan lost to Colorado College. Uh, I did not see that coming. No, at all. I, I, I did don't not think either. anyone did. No, I did not either. Uh, and then Denver plays Colorado College this weekend for a Let's spot go. in the CC, finals. Man. Oh, so, okay, so it's CC versus Denver semis, and what's the other semi there? other half of it is North Dakota at St. Cloud. Okay, Ugh. so I'm pulling for St. Cloud or North Dakota, and then I need CC to beat Denver. Let's go. North Dakota is going to somehow win the NCHC just to, to spite us. Not because we, not because no, we don't true. like... True. Not because we don't like North Dakota, but because it whatever we pick, we've, we've picked North Dakota to win, they lose. We pick them to lose, they win. You know who that really uh, messes over, though? The real, the real problem here. If North Dakota wins the NCHC, that 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 hurts the Nanooks. Yeah. Alaska yeah. Would, be, would be cut out then because Alaska you're, just you're cutting out teams. Uh, you're cutting out you know these like bubble at large teams. What's Alaska's chance? Alaska has a sixty six percent chance currently to get in. Yeah, because they are the they're the first team on the cutoff. They are fifteenth, and the cutoff is fourteenth. Because right Alaska now. Doesn't, cannot control their own destiny because they don't have a conference. Yeah, but. I don't know. I, I just want the Nanooks to get in, just for the, for the fun. My, yeah, my I do. I do. Michigan want State in. fans can live vicariously through Alaska hockey in the tournament. Yes. Alaska's the yes. new wagon to, we'll, to roll we'll on. Put, we'll put that on Twitter if Alaska makes it. Okay, MSU fans, let's root for Alaska now. <laughs> Make a contingent. I don't know. For me, uh, my hope is all going into Merrimack for the next like five days. I need BU until Saturday. I need B- BU, BU to BU. win and Denver not to win. I just need BU, BU to win. I need Merrimack to not win. That's it. I'm fine either way. Uh, so, so roll, for the first or the, for the second time in my life, I'll say let's go BU because I said that when I made the pick. We'll go roll Warriors uh, on this one. Uh, but okay, I don't know. I'm pretty much done with pickums right now. I, that's all the conferences we have. Uh, just a little re- reminder for those of you: it's five points for every one we get right. So that's kind of why we're all kind of going hard yeah, about these, are, these last two conferences. These are big. These are big picks with 
with the score being 55 to 54 and 54. These five points could literally be the title. Yes. Uh, And then we're not doing any actual picks this week because we already made these picks. But once the actual tournament starts, we're going to have our own little system uh, for pick-ems that we'll talk about when we get there because I have to develop the whole little thing. So we'll figure it out when we get there. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for us. Yeah, we're we're gonna make a we're gonna make some brackets. Put them on Twitter. We'll uh, we'll, we'll use them here. Yeah, we'll use them. We'll use them here. Use them in the pickums. You'll you'll see. We're getting it right this year, even though yeah. the past three years, it's gonna be hundred percent. It's gonna be hundred percent. Sixteen teams. What are the 16. odds? It get... seems so easy. It's sixteen teams, and then what are the odds we get a Holy Cross first round upset of Minnesota? Just for fun. I I would I'm gonna call call back earlier to this very episode of if you had told yourself from last year that Michigan State was just barely outside the tournament. Uh, I would also ask if Holy Cross upsets Minnesota. Uh, what are you on? <laughs> How many years has Holy Cross been a D1 hockey? They've been around for a while. Hopefully, I can find this. Holy Cross has existed for a while season i remember like going to watch them play when i was like seven or something like that they were doing like a little tournament i thought they got added i thought they got added recently and that's why i was gonna say like whole the fact that holy cross has a chance well either holy cross and canisius both have a 50 50 chance to get into the tournament i just realized why holy cross sounds familiar it's the school from rudy i thought Ah. that was their name no he goes to holy cross first in order to get into Notre Dame. Oh. I never saw the movie. Sorry. It's like saying you haven't watched (laughs) The Sandlot. Oh, those are different. You can't, I mean, like, you can't say if if he hasn't seen Rudy, he hasn't seen Sandlot. You can't put the two together. I I can and I will. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, hey, that's going to wrap up this week's <laughs> episode of Behind the Mask, I guess. Uh, that's we're, an outro for you. We're going to keep the pods coming because there's still some in- or a lot of interesting hockey to talk about. And we're we're actually like jazzed of- to be here at this point of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's still plenty. <laughs> in the future, we still got portal talk, you yes. know, uh, recruiting. We can still go into a lot of more content to go. Plus, it's still an entire NCAA tournament just because MSU's not in it uh, or presumably won't be in it. Um Still, still plenty of room uh, to talk about. It's still important, I think, because, you know, there's a lot more Big Ten teams to worry about here. And, you know, you can get a little taste for future years when MSU actually will make it. And real quick, right off the cuff, who's winning basketball March Madness? I'm going Ooh. for, you just just pick one team right off the cuff. I'm going UCLA. I'm, I'm not confident in this pick. I'm just going to go Bama. Okay. I'm... 100% not confident in this pick, but I've already made my bracket, and uh, I'm picking Tennessee. Tennessee? I'm a hockey yeah, reporter for a reason. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's it's impossible to pick March Madness. This is why people tune into Behind the Mask for basketball talk. This oh, yes. is our only, um, I don't know, this is Alabama's revenge for the one year they don't make, they don't win the national championship of football. They're going two years without winning a football natty oh, is... They win a basketball natty. Yes. I'll just, I will just roll my. That'll be like the most boring finish. But hey, at least they can't win. win a hockey championship. So because they don't have a D one <laughs> team. 
Okay, we're going to wrap up this episode of Behind the Mask. More episodes to come this season. Do not worry. You'll have more content coming out from us, but from all of us here in the studio, Ryan Rodosevich, alongside Jacob Phillips and Jacob Stinson. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.